Open up your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start a new series today, and the series is called The Theology of More. I believe God wants and desires for us as a church to move in more, and I'm going to talk about that this week and throughout this next, this next month. And as we get into this, kind of where does this come from? Where does this stirring happen that I want to really focus a lot on the, the word more um, this year? When, when I came back from the Dominican Republic, um, from that missions trip, Pastor Brantley had sitting on my desk my phone and another phone. And, and if you guys remember, I told you the story how they had changed my numbers and they're trying to get me some, some, everybody shout the word capacity, say capacity. They were trying to give me some capacity just in my life again. And, and so um, by force, you know, by cold turkey, they created it. And I didn't realize how quickly it would begin to change some things. Within 10 days, I'd got a word from the Lord for the house. Within 10 days of just a little extra quiet time, a little extra capacity, the Lord began to speak to my heart about something that I believe is going to transform who we are as a ministry over the next year, two years, and, and, and abroad, and, and beyond. Amen? And so this word started coming to me, <coughs> and it was the word, every shout, more. It was like he just started breathing this word in my heart, more. And, and when I first felt that, that word more, I kind of discounted it. Because I, I, sometimes I think of like televangelism. You know what I mean? Like, like more, like, the, like prosperity. I mean, I, I do this though. You know, I, I think a broke gospel is a broke gospel. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? I, I do think that. But, but sometimes the prosperity message can get so far on one side that you stop seeing Jesus and you start seeing dollar signs. Amen. How many know we, we hit momentum, we strive for balance, amen? But this word more just started to wash over my heart, and, and I have no problem with the idea of more. One of my favorite names of God is the El Shaddai. He is the El Shaddai, which means, and I'm just going to throw it out here, it means, you ready for this? Grandmas, you ready? The multi-breasted one. That'll preach all day. Oh, yeah, somebody. No. So why, why is he called the El Shaddai, the multi-breasted one? Because there's no supply like mama's supply. There's no provision like mama can give a baby. There's nothing a child will lack when mom's in the room. Amen? Mama takes care of her boys and girls. That's what moms do. And the picture of the El Shaddai is that he is not just the God of more. That's why he's the multi-breasted one. He is the God of more than enough. Shout more. So I have no problem with more when I think about my God. Sometimes I struggle with more when I think about myself. You know, how many of you feel like, do I deserve more? You know, should, should I merit more? Am I good enough to have more? Should I walk in more? Is it pretentious to want more? Is it pretentious to move in more? You know, sometimes I struggle. I don't struggle with my God being El Shaddai, but I struggle with myself walking in it. And this year, I want to help us get past that struggle because I believe the El Shaddai wants you to understand who you are in him and that all that he is and all that he has is at your disposal. Amen. 
as his followers, as those who are in step with him through Jesus and through the word, man, everything that God is and has is at our disposal. And I don't want us to miss that. And so 2019, you guys are used to me doing this. I've been doing this for, for I don't even know how long, as long as we've had a church. I've always come with a word for the year. And I believe the word over our house this year is the word more. Shout more one more time. Yeah, this morning kind of spoke to my heart of more. Um, We had Jared leading worship here and and Charlotte, his wife, right here. And and 13 years ago today, today is January 6th. It's an incredibly important day for two reasons. One, it is my wife's birthday. Amen. Amen. And so Amy's birthday 13 years ago fell on this very day, and this very day is the day that Momentum Church began 13 years ago at the Cherokee. On the theme of more, Jared and Charlotte were our, our, our worship leaders at the time, and they're the ones that moved here to plant the church with us, and really, to be honest, dreamed up everything with us, have been incredible partners all these 13 years, amazing couple. And our worship team at that time, on that day, was Jared with his acoustic guitar, and and. Charlotte with her piano. And that was it, you know? And all I can think of today is this is just one of several bands, one of several sets of worship leaders. This house is blessed with worship ministry like you can't imagine. Over 50 different worship singers and musicians, and it all started with Jared and Sharla being faithful and being faithful and being faithful 13 years ago. And then Mary came, and and she was the next one to come, and Jeff, and it just started to grow from there. But I'm telling you, I remember those early, early years. How many was here all those years ago? Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pray, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, we, we did everything we could with all that we had, amen? And, um, and I really feel that today's just a mark of what God, what God has done in 13 years. Where are we going to go in the next, amen? I, I do, I believe right now we have 15 different missionaries that we support all around the world. Man, where are we going to go next with those missionaries? What is God going to do next? You know, the things that we support, the lives that we've seen change, marriages healed, young people brought into ministry. Come on, you think of Pastor Brantley and Pastor Stephanie, young people brought into ministry. Oh my word, what is God going to do in the next 13 years? So I just wanted to take a moment and honor God for for these last 13 years. Can we give God one more praise? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So when it came to this idea of more, started dropping in my heart, I I began to think about more of what, God? You know, I just don't want more stuff, you know, and so I want more of you. And so there's really three things I want us to, to look at this year. I want more of God, amen? I want more for God. I don't want to be satisfied with what I've done with him in 2018. I don't want to be satisfied with what I've done for him since 2013 or since March of 92 when I started ministry. I don't, God, I want more for you. What do you want me to do this year for you? And then the final thing is, God, I want more from you. Amen? I don't think it's pretentious. A father wants to bless his children. A father wants to give. And it takes faith to believe. You know, I have, my kids have faith in dad. They come and they ask. They, they know I'm not going to despise them. You know? The same way with our heavenly father, that we come to him and he's not going to despise us. 
takes faith to please the Father. We come for that, if you will, that reward of the Father. It's a powerful, beautiful thing. And so this year, I want more of God. I want more for God, and I want more from God. I want to experience more of God. And we're going to do that in worship. We're going to do that in prayer type services and experiences that we have. And we're going to do that in our daily devotional life, experiencing more of God. I want to do more for God. I want us to, as a church to embrace the mandate that's upon us to do more for him. Amen? I'll say something here in a second because when I'm saying more, some of you are just going, oh, I just so much already. I'll get there. I'll get there. And then I want to receive more from God. I do. I want to be able to, as a church to celebrate his blessings. Sometimes we don't celebrate. Amen. And I want to do a better job in 2019 just celebrating what God is doing in your lives, the stories of your lives. Would you be able this year, to, like never before, to tell us as staff, God did this. God did that. This is how God moved. This is how God provided. Would you do a good job of letting us know so that we can begin to share those stories this year as we just have a whole year of experiencing the more that God wants in and through our lives. Amen? Now, as I said, when I said the word more... For some people, when you hear that, your heart just sinks, you know? I mean, can, can I be honest? How many, just be honest, because I know when I felt that more, I've had a few months to gestate on this. But when I felt it at first, I'm like, God, I feel extended enough. How many feel that way? When you hear the word more, it's just kind of like, oh, what's pastor wanting next? Everything. No. <laughs> Feels that way, right? Oh, you know? Can't, can't, Pastor, can I just rest? Can't I just relax? Can't I just retire? How about if I just rant about how I wish things were, but not do one thing to position myself to experience more? Can I just do that? It would be a whole lot better if I could just do that for a season. No, no, no. That's the rub. The rub is this, guys. How many here? You're full. I'm full in so many ways. I want more but I'm full. And you hear a word with a prophetic edge to it like more, and we shrink back for the sake of capacity. God, I hear that. I want more, but I just don't know if I have the capacity for more. What else can I do? What else can I give? I don't know if I have the capacity. What is capacity? It's the maximum amount that something can contain. Pastor, I have no room for anything else. And you're shouting, God wants more this year. We're going to move in more this year. I have no room for anything else. Can I say it this way? Life has a way of giving us so much and leaving us with so little. It just does. It's how life is. If you want to walk in more, you can't be so full of less that you have no capacity for what God wants to do next in your life. That's what I want to be able to work toward this month, is helping us to see the capacity that we need to be able to move in the more that God has for us. Because frankly, many of us in here, we don't have the capacity because we're just too full. We're, we're, we hear a word with a prophetic edge like more, and we're just too full to receive it. We're too full of regret to receive it. We're too full of resentment to receive it. We're too full of frustration to receive it. For me, I'm too full of cynicism at times to receive it. Maybe even a little bit of bitterness tossed in there. I'm too full to receive the more that God wants to place into me. Others full of our say more, and it's like, but I don't have any more time. So too full of our schedules and too full of our stories. Ross, I don't have time to engage in somebody else's story. The chapter I'm on in my own life right now, I don't even want to turn the next page on it. It's got me so freaked out. Just 
Chevy, someone says it's too full. Yeah, yeah, but God's wanting to bring a capacity to us. I believe God has more for you no matter how full you might feel. And maybe you are that one in this room, and you're saying, I just don't have any room for anything else, Ross. Can I say it this way? Life has a way of making room. I don't have any room for what God wants to do. I have no room for the capacity of what's next spiritually in my life. God has a way, or I should say life has a way of making room, of creating space, of causing us to look at what's really important. I'm not saying that God puts sickness in our lives. I'm not saying that at all. But you get somebody sick, someone's sick, and guess what? They get a capacity for family like they haven't had in years. They start to see what's important that is, should be the more in their life. And they want more time with their kids and more time with their wife and more time out in the, 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 the world. And, and, and they want every little bit of more that they can possibly grab a hold of. You go through some stuff and you'll find yourself creating a, a capacity for God to be in your life. How many, be honest, you came to God because you went through hell. You found heaven going through hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens, you know. God allows that to happen, and it causes us to have a capacity to want to receive the more that he is in our lives. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to look at a passage of scripture where a woman, she went through it. And in this scripture, the Lord is showing us in this passage of scripture how she began to move in the more that God had for her. I don't believe I'm going to go through this whole passage today. I'm going to read the whole scripture. I think I'm going to teach a little bit today and teach a little bit more on it next week, all right? Um, but it says here in 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophet's servant feared the Lord, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. And then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another. And then the oil stopped flowing. And she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on the rest. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that today you would help us to have a heart for capacity. A heart ready to receive more. All that you have for us, Jesus. Uh, through this time of teaching, just help us to learn that in your name. Amen. Go ahead and have your seats. This is a woman whose husband was a prophet amongst what was called the sons of the prophets. Elisha, first Elijah, then Elisha. They had ministry sons, and these ministry sons, almost like a guild of, of people that would come up under and become approved and trained and developed to move in the prophetic. And so her husband was used to moving in the things of God. He, that was who he was. That's what these young boys were used to seeing. These young boys were used to hearing. They were used to experiencing dad and that prophetic move of God, that timely word of the Lord. And, and 
now what we see is these young men growing up under that. Now what we see is, is dad's gone. He has passed away. doesn't seem fair. And this wife, she's come to the prophet complaining, if you will. And we see this idea of death and debt. The world, if you will, will always try to take from us. It always tries to rob us. It always tries to steal from us. It's a decaying, dying world. Amen? just what this world's like. Doesn't mean that we have to walk and live in the decay, that we have to be governed by the decay and the death. It just means that we have to understand that it's present and it's real, that there are things in our life, atrophy, there's things in our life that slowly die, slowly wither. That's just what this world does, amen? And so we can see here this death and this debt that begins to take place. It says, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. Your servant feared the Lord, but the creditors are at the door. They're going to take my sons away from me. They're going to make my sons their slaves. But it's your, you are walking. Look what we're facing. And, and there are so many reasons that we can stop believing for more. In that moment, she could have not went to, the, to Elisha the prophet. She could have, I believe she went to Elisha the prophet partly because she believed he could do something. She had seen Elisha, or at least heard the stories of, of, of dead people raised from the, from the, you know, from the dead. They had seen miraculous provisions take place. And so she goes wanting him to do something, wanting him to bring forth a miracle to give her what she needed to, to bridge the gap, the lack that she had. And so she goes. There's so many reasons she should stop believing for more. But she goes to the man of God to speak to the man of God regarding this. And as she's crying to Elisha in verse 2... Elisha says, what do you want me to do for you? I love that. I just told you. Did she not just tell him? She just said, she's like, I have no money. We're out of everything. My kids are going to be taken as slaves. And then he's going to have the audacity. Why do prophets always have audacious attitudes? What in the world? You know, make me a bread, a cake first. And then you and your son that's about to die can eat. You know, what in the world? You know? So we can see here just another opportunity for this, 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 this prophet of God to speak in this way and, and looks at her and you want, what do you want me to do for you, you know? And I love this. Tell me what you have in the house. Do you see that? Tell me what, he looks to her and says, what do you possess? What do you have in the house? For some, when you hear the subject of more, you may think that it's all about blessings and just the, 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 I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And I believe in that, amen? I want us to walk in the blessings that have, God has, but this isn't just a sermon about blessings. This isn't just a year where we're going to walk more in the blessings of God. It's not just a sermon about blessings. It's a sermon about responsibility, Amen? More is always about responsibility. You know, you don't give your children more until they show that they're responsible with what they have now. Amen? I was in a, a little four-wheel drive thing over the last couple days. I got to go on my annual prayer and planning retreat for a couple days, and I went to the woods, and a person loaned me a gator. Oh, that was fun. I Man, I tore the mess out of that thing. Are they here? I hope not. No. <laughs> but I brought it home and washed it up and, and took um, um, took um, Arden and took Maverick to ride on it. And Max like, Daddy, let me drive it. Let me drive it. No, I'm not letting you drive it. He's seven. There's no way I'm giving him more. He hasn't proven himself in the little just yet. That's just too, too much for him just yet. Amen? 
And so, no, this isn't just a sermon about blessing. It's a sermon about responsibility. And Elisha looks to this woman and says, what do you have in the house? God wants more for you in 2019, but he wants more from you as well. Remember, it's, it's all about more of God, more from God, and more for God. It's, it's not just God give me, give me. No, no. It's about partnership. It's about creating capacity. Do you guys believe you're in partnership with Jesus? Do you believe that? Our lives should reflect that. This, I don't know about y'all. When I'm in partnership with people, I expect to give and receive from them. You know, There's a give and take that Pastor Corey and I have. There's a give and take that Pastor Brantley and I have in our relationship. It's, just, it's because he's got skin on him. We're real people. How many know God is just as real? He really is. We just don't treat him like that. I want 2019 for us to treat him more like he is. He is. And because he is, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? And so I want us to have that sense of partnership as a church where it's not just some mystical, magical thing that we come on Sunday morning to celebrate and then we forget all week long. No, every moment of every day, God is posturing you and positioning you for more. More of him, more for him, and more from him. Ooh, how could our lives be if every day we woke up, God, today I want more of you, I want more for you, and I want more from you. I'm in partnership with you, Lord. Amen? I'm in partnership. I want more. Everybody say that. Say more of you, more from you, and more for you. So this prophet looks at her and says, what do you have in the house? What is it that you have? In other words, you already have what you need in the house. You already have it. It's what God wants to bring to you. You already have it. She says, I got a little bit of oil. Well, a little bit's enough in the hands of God. Amen? Little's always much in the hands of God. I have a little oil. You know, oil represents the anointing. Man, I just got a little. That's all right. It's not yours anyhow. It's all his. But is he in your house? Do you have Jesus in your life? Is he here? If he is, you can expect more. More of him? More for him and more from him. That oil, that's who he is. His presence, his power, his anointing, it's upon us. And I love this. We already have what we need to walk in the more. You know, at the beginning of the year, this is always my favorite thing. You see people, I got a new Bible. You know, I got a new journal. It always cracks me up. Your last Bible has no markings in it. Your last Bible barely has a crease on a page. And somehow you buying a new Bible is going to make you someone that gets in the word. I've been there too. How many's done it? Be honest. Come on. I have done it. I have bought a new Bible. This year's the year. I'm reading through the whole thing this year and buy a new Bible. I already have it in my house, but I bought a new one. Got journals that are empty, but I'm going to buy a new one because this is the year I'm really going to go deep, you know? And this prophet looks, she looks, he looks at this woman and says, you already got what you need in your house. You got, can I just say it this way? Y'all got enough Bibles and enough journals and enough anointing oil, olive oil. You got enough to change the world already. Amen. What's in your house? What are you being responsible to do with it? What are you doing to do more for him with those things? Amen. And so he asked her that question, what's in your house? But we're always looking for a new thing. No, no, listen, it's the old thing. But what you need is a new capacity to walk in that old thing. That's what you need. It's, there's nothing new I can tell you today. Everything I can tell you that's going to lead us to more is old. What you need that's new is capacity. And next week I'm going to be teaching even more on capacity, okay? Because that's what we need. We don't need new stuff. 
We need a new sense of capacity in our lives. We're so full of so much less. What does it look like to create capacity for more in in our hearts? All right. I'm going to come to that part of capacity later. (laughs) Um, But that was awesome. Oh man! So why are we why are we looking for a word this year? You know, like like because we always do that. I mean, like we're trying to find a word. And I'll be honest, I've never seen so much Facebook, which I love. People trying to find their word for the year. This is the first year where I've seen it, like like degrees. Like I've never seen it before. I think it's just catching on, and and that's a beautiful thing, a centering thought. What God wants to speak to your heart, what God wants to speak to your mind. It's a beautiful thing. But here's the thing about that: you might be looking for a word for your year, but if you haven't lived the word He gave you in 2018, why ask for another? one? What do you have in your house? What, what do you already have? It's not, capacity comes from taking what you have and then using it. And guess what? When you use it, you get need for some more because you've used it. And then God brings more and you use that. And guess what? You'll have need for every shout more. Yeah, that's how, that, that's how that works. So we asked God for another word for 2019 when we didn't really do what he told us to do in 2018. And I am there as well. Amen? I, I am not the svelte one that I thought I would be. Y'all, I really, man, I'm going to just be really open and honest with you guys, all right? I was 230 pounds in January, really thinking, this is it. This year, I'm 230. I'm going to go down to like 180, 190. I'm going to be a mean preaching, loving machine. I'm going to be awesome. And I had some stuff, some setbacks spiritually that took place in the spring, and my heart got heavy, and for whatever reason, you know, went to food, and man, I gained 60 pounds in a year. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, it blew my mind. And I can look and say, my husband is dead, and the creditor's going to come and take my kids. And God would have to just look at me and say, what do you have in your house? That thing that you hang clothes on, that's called a treadmill. <laughs> All right, well, I'm here to preach on your toes, not mine, so I'm gonna. <laughs> but that's just something the Lord has really stirred in my heart this year is more, and for me personally, the word excellence. I can't walk in more, the Lord told me, if I don't have an excellent spirit. If I don't have an excellent spirit, I can't walk in more. I want to lead this house with an excellent spirit. I want to lead you into more. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm done on my toes. My chubby little toes. I'm done <laughs> preaching on my chubby little toes. So, <laughs> all right, so the second thing here, determined to create. Don't play the pad yet. Determined to create capacity. That's that second thing. All of us faith, death and death, things that happen. And God says, okay, you want to turn this around? You want to walk in more? It's in your house. So we have to determine to create capacity. If we want more of something, then we have to make room for that. In 2018, it may have taken more out of you than you thought it would have. Well, that's awesome. 2018, it may have took more from you than you thought you could handle. Well, good, great, that's incredible. You know, it may have took more of you than you wanted to give. Well, thank you, Jesus. Why? It sounds to me like God was just making room for more. Amen? 
He's taking, yeah, a lot of this stuff came out of us, but guess what? There's capacity now. I never would have realized where I needed to go as a pastor to lead you well this fall had I not went through what I went through this past year. Never would have realized it. And as a church, as a movement, we would never be where we're going. Amen? Had I not got that under control. Didn't even realize because I was so full. There had to come an emptying to create capacity to receive the more that he has. And I'm telling you right now, we're in one service and two services. We'll go to three services. God will build a building. We'll have more missionaries. We'll raise up more young people to do the work of the Lord. We'll plant churches. Lives will be changed. Marriage will be healed. People will get saved and delivered. Amen? I believe that. But I had to create a capacity. God had to bring some empty for that more to become, to make room for more. As we start this new year, let's make some room to prepare ourselves for what God wants to do in our lives. You know, And the way we're going to do that is we already know how. Prayer, fasting. That's one of those things where the prophet looks and says, it's in your house. You already know. And so over the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, is our 21-day fast as a church, setting this year up. God, what do you want to do in our lives? We're creating capacity through this time of fasting. We're giving up to gain what he desires, amen? What we want, we're setting aside for what he wants. And so it starts tomorrow. For some of you, if you've never fasted before, it may just be that you fast a meal, Amen? That's all right. It may be for some that you fast coffee. It may be for some that you fast um, um, meats and breads, sweet things, and you just have, you know, like a vegetarian, I'm sorry, can't even say it, vegetarian diet. (laughs) No, that's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Um, Just whatever that is. I do want you to do this, though. During the course of the fast, have something that is food-related. All right? Just because scripturally it's always related to food. Nowadays we fast social media and a lot of other things, and I think that's good. I told myself and I told um, um, Pastor Brantley, I said, I want to challenge myself, and I was asking him to keep me accountable. I want to fast negativity, okay? Right? Say amen. Come on. Okay, I'm gonna get negative. No, I'm, no, I'm not because I'm fasting that. And so I'm gonna fast negativity. And so <laughs> there may be that, but I want our whole body around some pang of hunger at some point during the day. Some day, some moment of the day where you're like, oh, I really want that mocha latte chocolatina. You know, I just know I need that so bad. And you feel that. And we all, at some point in that day, there's a unity amongst us around that. Amen. Amen. And you can just turn it into prayer, you know, cappuccino, latte, no, mocha latte, just, it'd be beautiful. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, this is going to be a fun year. So, so that's the first thing we're doing. And actually, right now on our, our, our Momentum um, Facebook, you can see a prayer focus for this week. We're partnering with the movement that we're connected to, the Assemblies of God. 70 million believers and adherents across the world. This is a week of prayer with our movement. And so we're going to join in that week of prayer with 70 million other adherents. Amen? And so on our Momentum page, you can see our prayer focuses for this week. Next week, we'll have more focus for the, the following. That's one of those things where, man, you cannot make revival happen but you sure can schedule your hearts to be prepared for it. Amen? And so we're going to schedule our hearts to prepare for what God wants. And on the 25th, 26th, 27th, we're that Friday night through Sunday night, and we're just going to go after God. Amen?
Amen? So put that on your calendar now. Schedule it now. And so what happened was in 2 Kings 4, verse 3, she went out, and he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors. Empty vessels, not a few. So she went looking for empty vessels. In other words, she went determined to create capacity. He's like, you have a little oil? You know what I want you to do is go get some vessels. She was determined to create capacity. And she went to borrowing all these vessels. And then the final thing that we start to see is how when she begins to shut herself in behind the door, and she begins to pour from these, this, this little bit of oil that she has, it starts to fill the vessel. There is a divine provision that takes place, and God is more than enough. Amen? But listen, that divine provision in your life will come on the backside of daily pouring. Okay? The divine provision for your life is going to come on the backside of daily pouring. We're going to look at more of this next week. But she took that vessel, she began to pour. And then that vessel filled and they removed it and she poured some more. And she poured some more. And it's going to be the same way in your life. What are some of the things as a disciple, a follower of Christ, that you need to be pouring into? We'll be looking at that next week. Because the provision came. God came and filled her to overflowing. We'll see next week also that, that, that there was enough to take care of the debt and for her and her kids to live. He's the God of more. Everybody shout more than enough. That's who he is. Amen. And so we're dealing with a capacity issue. To be able to receive all that God wants for us, um, there may be something that you need to leave at this altar today. In order to open up that capacity, to have an open vessel ready for him to pour in, there may be something that you need to leave up here. A few weeks ago, the last regular service of this past year, I was dealing with a sense of bitterness, and I was dealing with a sense of cynicism and dealing with jadedness like I never experienced before in my life. And, and I came to the altar because I just wanted to lay it at the altar. You know, and it was so powerful for me to be able to get up from that place. I shared it with my staff on Monday. I shared it with my board on Tuesday night. One of my board members, Barbara, thank you so much, got me a book. And it was just such a good book. I've already started reading it. And it's dealing with this issue of, of cynicism and various things. The book is written by Casey Newhoff. It's his book. It says, it didn't see it coming. That's the name of the book. Didn't see it coming. Overcoming the seven greatest challenges that no one expects and everyone experiences. And one of the first, the first chapter is a chapter on cynicism. And I ripped that out and threw it away. Actually, I did tear a few pages out of that book because when I was camping, it was raining so hard. I had good wood I brought with me, but I just couldn't get enough good um, kindling. Had good tinder, but not enough good kindling. And so, Barbara, thank you. You saved my life. I'm serious. The, the, the blank pages and the sales pages, but I started a beautiful fire, and man, I kept that thing going for like eight hours, you know, and um, until the bears, no. But he says in this book that he, he heard a professor speaking, and the professor was an old fella, and he said it was a blew, blew his mind how vibrant he was and how he had this heart for mental exploration. He had this heart for discovery. He talked about how this man had such a sense of capacity that he possessed that his outlook on life was just contagious, and he was an older fella, and, and, and nobody goes through life saying, I want to become cynical and jaded and bitter. Nobody does that, you know? And this fellow, you could just sense an openness, a sense of capacity as you would hear him speak. 
Kerry said. He said, you just sense that life every day is something fresh and new to this fella. And here's the thing. In your 20s and your 30s, you're idealistic. Just as who you are. And you face good days and bad days. How many 20 and 30-year-olds, you have some good days and bad days? Yeah, but at 20 and 30, you just kind of shake it off and you balance it all out. And this is just how life is. There's good days and there's bad days. But as you get in your 40s and 50s and 60s, what happens is you start to find yourself on one side of that line or the other. And if you can find yourself on that happy line, great. But so often that cynicism, that bitterness, that jadedness, I'll never let nobody do that to me again. And you start to close up and you lose your capacity for more. Amen? And what's crazy about it is you meet older people. And, and what's funny is you can tell that there's a point in life when that line is just set. And they're like, just this happy older person. My grandmother could go through anything. I mean, she'd go through all sorts of stuff. And she would just say, my Jesus. Her little hillbilly Kentucky, my Jesus. You know, well, you look so good, Bobby. Good cold cream and Jesus, she'd say, you know. <laughs> she about died when she was 80, you know. But man, just good cold cream and Jesus. She just loved Jesus. But then you meet other old folks, just crotchety and bitter. You know what Carrie says? There's a point when it's just the line gets set. That capacity's gone to explore and discover the next thing, the more that life has. And man, I just, when I, when I was reading that, I thought, Lord, I don't want that. I, I don't want to grow, Amy, I don't want to grow old and ugly and bitter and, 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 and such, you know? And, and what Carrie said was, really, to be honest, it's just revealing self. That's what it is. That person, they had embraced the bitterness, the jadedness, the cynicism, and now 30 years later, that's how they're, they're bent. Lord, I don't want to be bent like that. And I could see that. I could see me losing my capacity. And I went to the altar, and I laid it on the altar, and it changed everything. Just in three weeks, it's changed everything. Amen? I'm ready for more because I laid that at the altar. Cynicism is a choice, you know? It's a decision to stop hoping and trusting and believing. The problem with cynicism is cynics never change the world. They never change the world. And so that's my thing that was taking up capacity. And I had to lay it at the altar. What I want us to do here in the next few minutes, we're going to go back into worship. Let's stand to our feet. What I want you to do is I want you to come up here. We're not going to have our prayer partners just between you and God. You have more than enough anointing right now in your life to get your touch, to get your miracle, to walk and create the capacity that you need. We need to be responsible to go after him for more. And so what I want you to do today as we go into worship, I want you to walk up to this altar, and I just want you to smack it. Just smack it. That may be all it takes as you walk back. Maybe some of you might feel like you need to kneel a little longer. But I'm telling you, if you need something in your life, there's something blocking capacity, then I want you to come up and smack this altar. Amen? I want you to walk up here and just lay it there. Just give it to God. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.